Welcome to this week's episode of X Days, the podcast show where we talk about all things Generation X, arguably the finest generation known to mankind. Now, I could be a little bit biased on that one. This week will be another fun topic, sitcoms. Much like science fiction, Generation X, when those born there got to enjoy a lot of memorable moments, I would say, in the world of situation comedy. Like, there's a lot. Today, I'm going to go over a little bit of the history of the sitcom, you know, where it all began, and then we'll journey through the decades and name some of the, the many classics and have uh, that have come and gone, but not, but not truly gone, because they continue to live either in syndication on cable TV or through streaming services. Now, we could go as far back as 1928, in which a sitcom was aired on the radio, but uh, we're going to start in 1947. That's where we're going to take off from, which was the first ever TV sitcom. It was called Mary Kate and Johnny. It starred a real-life married couple, Mary Kay and Johnny Stearns. It uh, initially aired on the old Dumont Television Network, DTN. Never heard of it. And then it moved to something we were more familiar with, CBS, and then NBC. The show was uh, the first one to illustrate a couple sharing a bed and showing a woman's pregnancy on TV, how times have changed. Now, the more common classic sitcom that dates near the beginning is I Love Lucy. Ran from 1951 to 1957. Um, the total of 180 half-hour episodes. It was the most watched show four out of the six of its seasons, and it still runs in syndication. Roughly 40 million Americans still tune in each year. It was also the first to be filmed in front of a live studio audience, which I will point out later, very, very important. Now, let's get into the Gen X of it all, of course. And what I would consider the beginning of sitcoms for the Generation X would be, you know, shows like Happy Days, All in the Family, MASH, perhaps, uh, Jeff, the Jeffersons, Partridge Family. Now, I don't have much at attachment to these shows personally, as it's more of the early Generation X. I'm, I'm sort of a, on the latter half. You know, All in the Family began in 71. Happy Days began in 74. I think MASH around the same time. It had a good run. And MASH was really loved by previous generations as the content was uh, they were in the Korean War. So my parents, who I think are considered boomers, uh, were very familiar with the show. And it ranks pretty high on a lot of lists. But let's get into what I know. Uh, which is mostly, of course, it comes from the 80s and what I consider some of the best TV ever to air. Strong words, but I stand behind it. First, let's begin where, well, where the title of this episode came from, which is where everybody knows your name. And that is part of a theme song from the show Cheers, which ran from 82 to 93, so had a, had a pretty good run, starred the likes of Ted Danson, Shelley Long, Kelsey Grammer, who played the same character as he played Frasier afterwards, 
for 20 years and now actually is being rebooted. I haven't watched an episode yet. I'm a little bit nervous. And um, it's it's one of many shows that you're going to find in syndication and streaming services. And I think I think most of the people listening probably have seen the show or at the very, very least heard of it. And it's viewed as one of the most popular sitcoms of all time. And that's you can't argue. We'll, we'll go through some rankings later just to, to prove that. Another one, Golden Girls, ran from 85 to 92. And much like Blanche Devereaux, the series has aged well. There's this, this big trend of, of, of young people watching Golden Girls, and which is funny because it's a show about four older women living in Florida in the 80s. But there's an attraction to the show, not just by my generation, but younger generations as well. And, th- and that's what I like about the, these, like, these sitcoms from Gen X is like there's, there's a demand for them. Now, we have other shows, just as a few examples, where you have Family Ties, which with Michael J. Fox, Growing Pains, which was, was, was one of Leonardo DiCaprio's first gigs. He, was, uh, he guest starred as a friend of the family. You have Married with Children, which I absolutely love. The legendary character Al Bundy, the shoe salesman. Uh, my mom hated the show. My dad loved it. <laughs> we had Full House, incredibly cheesy but a great show nonetheless. And I must say Jodie Sweetin is the most underrated beauty in Hollywood, bar none. I'm just going to go on the record of saying that. Seinfeld, my personal favorite. Netflix paid $500 million for five years. So that is obviously saying something, that there is a demand for these shows. And the list goes on, like uh, Red Dwarf, which I, I hear kids talking about at school. Like, I'm, they're half my age, and this show was in the 80s. It's a British sci-fi comedy, and uh, young people are just gravitating towards it, which, which I absolutely love. It just uh, brightens up my day when I hear someone talking about Red Dwarf. The 80s just simply produced so many memorable sitcoms and characters, and uh, I think a lot of them... A lot of them hold up today, but not all of them. Now, I don't have a big list, but I'm going to talk about a few exceptions. And the exceptions aren't necessarily the show itself. It's who was in the show, the star of the show. And I'll I'll talk about the obvious one first, which, of course, is The Cosby Show, which aired in the mid-80s, I believe, to early 90s, and was in syndication for years. It was everywhere on TV. Now, you're not going to find it anywhere except in one place where you can stream it is Prime Video. They still separate the man from the show. Incredibly heartbreaking and incredibly frustrating to hear that, uh, well, basically, America's dad well, was, did the things that he did. I I think it's a reminder of what we see on TV isn't real. And I think we often forget that with Hollywood actors. We put them on these, these pedestals and we idolize them and we forget that they're just, they're human beings like us. And in a lot of ways, they're worse than us. Let's, let's be honest. Not all of them. There's some good ones. I'm not going to name who's, I don't know any of them personally, so I can't really say, but, uh, 
I think we all know Keanu Reeves is awesome. Um, another one example is Saved by the Bell. Now, I never liked Saved by the Bell. I thought it was just terrible show for many reasons. And it has not aged well, in my opinion. And if you don't believe me, check out Zach Morris's trash on YouTube. And it's you'll see what I mean. It's actually quite entertaining. He's just an incredibly terrible human being. And lastly, th- this is just like sort of a one-off. Uh, it was a moment I had uh, a few years back. I was watching an episode of All in the Family, which wasn't a favorite of mine, like I mentioned earlier, but it was during a time where I was an unemployed but can still afford cable. And Archie's wife was being sexually assaulted. And, man, it really made me uncomfortable. And this, the original air date would have been, you know, somewhere in the mid seventies. And then I just, I don't know. It was, it was very odd to me that this was in a sitcom, but again, it's, it's a different time. Uh, but that episode wasn't funny. Let's just say that. But generally, uh, I hope we can agree at this point, we can say that sitcoms for the most part, uh, have aged well. And again, there's a reason why streaming services pay handsomely. Uh, to have them. Now, I will admit that there have been a few sitcoms that uh, would be considered a generation later. So after Generation X, which is uh, millennials, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, but there, I, you know, again, maybe a little bit biased, but I can only think of a couple that were really popular, uh, and that would be Friends, obviously. It's a big one, and that has a big following, too, by even younger generations. Uh, and um, A Big Bang Theory, which I, I don't know if it's still going, but it's all over TV right now in syndication already. You can find that very easily. And uh, How I Met Your Mother seems like it's quite popular or was quite popular. I didn't uh, like it personally. It just made me feel really old actually watching him, all these young people in the bar every night. It's just not my scene in my as being in married in my 40s. Now, I've tried recently watching a new sitcom. I mean, I thought it was pretty new. And uh, I think it ended up being 2013, 2014. And I alluded to this earlier on how important a live audience is. It was called Joey and Melissa. A couple sitcom vets, uh, they are Joey Lawrence and Melissa Joan Hart back in the day. And it's actually ranked a 7 out of 10, which I, I don't know how that's possible. And I could not get over how bad the laugh track was and how forced the comedy felt. And I think it just comes down to writing. It was actually terrible. So um, they don't make them like they used to, is what I'm trying to say. But many, many of us can agree that the sitcoms have transformed into something else in the 21st century. Yeah, in a way, it just make it makes the classic sitcom more classic, while creating something sort of completely new, in a way. And basically, that's comedies without laugh tracks. Personally, not my first choice. Again, old school, uh, but ultimately better than anything with a laugh track in the 21st century. Except maybe Mom. Mom, Mom's great. I mean, another Chuck Lorre. He did Big Bang. He's two and a half men. Very talented writer. It's a story about an alcoholic mother and daughter, and it's absolutely hilarious. Um, so that there are exceptions. But anyway, here's a quick list of 
of comedies, sitcoms without a laugh track that you'll find very popular that are more more recent, more current, if you will. Uh, the Office, of course, Community, Arrested Development, Modern Family, 30 Rock, Curb Your Enthusiasm, Parks and Rec, uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, and it's always sunny in Philadelphia, and that's been that show's been going on for a long, long time. So it's not like good sitcoms aren't being made. I certainly I'm not going to go on record saying that, but what I will say is that sitcoms with a laugh track that give you that warm and fuzzy feeling uh, are a thing of the past, but can still be appreciated in the present by all ages, thanks to syndication and, of course, streaming services. And I truly believe that there was TV magic made for us Generation Xers. Well, I'll finish off this episode with the top 10 sitcoms of all time, according to Rolling Stone magazine. I thought that was you know, pretty reputable, pretty well known. Here we go real quick. The Larry Sanders Show, 92 to 98. Parks and Rec, 2009 to 2015. Uh, the Honeymooners, which just ran from 55 to 56, but must have been in the hell of a year. The Mary Tyler Moore Show, 70 to 77. MASH, of course, 72 to 83. All in the Family is there, 71 to 79. I Love Lucy, 51 to 57. Ah, there's my Seinfeld, 89 to 98 at number three. Number two is Cheers, 82 to 93. And number one, one we haven't talked about because it's animated and we kind of forget it's a sitcom, and that's The Simpsons, which is, of course, the longest-running sitcom or maybe even show at this point. It's been running for, like, over 30 years now. So uh, a lot of variety of decades in there, but I think if you add them up, Generation X for the win. Just saying. I don't know. doesn't matter. There's a lot of good stuff, guys. Anyways, I'll end it there. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, I hope you've enjoyed the episode. Um, You can find this episode on Spotify, and you can listen to it on Apple Podcasts and many other podcatchers of choice. And if you haven't seen it, watch ELF. Make it your top priority. Good night, everyone.